It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And what is up? Welcome back. It's Friday night, and you're here with us with the Average Boys Podcast. It is 9 p.m., and you're here for all your gaming, nerdy, and film news. I am here with my co-host, Trigger. Trigger, what is up, my dude? Not much, man. I'm tired. You know, I've been uh, moving moving offices uh, from where we were in San Juan, and we're moving to, like, North McAllen. And, um, yeah, dude, I've just been on the go since, like, pretty much, like, Sunday or Monday. And uh, it has been just non-fucking-stop. And I'm actually going back tomorrow, like, tomorrow morning. Kind of oh, just, wow. like, uh, like, just take care of some, like, last-minute things. And stuff like that, and then uh, yeah, dude, you know, like we should be pretty, pretty good, and uh, and pretty set. But other than that, dude, you know, like it, it's been a pretty, pretty slow week for me. To be honest, okay. yeah, it's been uh, it's been a pretty wild week, man. We got we got right back into our summer weather, so it's been hitting back into the the high nineties, maybe hundreds now. Uh, mosquitoes and flies are starting to come back, right? And the skaters. Yeah, and the skaters and everything. What's up, John? How you doing, my brother? Maras, how you doing, man? Good to see you, brother. Um, yeah, that weather's kind of kicking in. I, I um, at the gym, we felt it like mad, dude. Early in the week, where everybody just felt gassed, man. It was, uh, yeah. it was one of those things that kind of pulled through. I don't know if it was the, um, I don't know if it's the humidity or maybe uh, the pollen and allergies that are catching everybody. But man, we were all exhausted by Monday night. We were there. <clears throat> I did mitts with like two people, dude. And I was like super exhausted, super super exhausted. So it's um it's been a week of catching up, man. It really has been. Yeah. Um, even in the nerd news, man. I was we were talking about it earlier, where there really hasn't been a lot going on. I mean, but the thing is, is like in the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of build up with you know Marvel and DC and all this other stuff, and I think we're coming to that time where all the bigger franchises are coming to this kind of like chill time that they kind of given enough and they're waiting until their next thing. I know that what DC fandom is going to be coming up. Yeah. Um, then I think Marvel's doing their D 23, which is uh like a big, uh, I guess like all the investors and all those people, I, I forgot if it's called like D 23 or D 22. It's like a big, like a, a big con, but it's where they show all the, all the, um 
upcoming events, but to all the promoters and all the people who are investors in the franchises so and stuff like D- that. So D23, um, that's for Disney. Yeah. Um, that is supposed to be it's actually in September now of 2022. It's going, um, it's going to be coming up in 2022, right? Yeah. Uh, so E3 is coming out next month. Yeah, uh, I know E3 yeah. is coming out too. Well, not next month. I mean, granted, tomorrow's next month, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm talking June. It, it's it's going to be on uh, the 26th, or uh, actually on the on the 12th of June through the 15th. Oh, very good. And that's, I mean, you know. <laughs> That, that that's that's going to be a huge talking point. Yeah, for we'll us. be covering a lot of stuff for that too with the Average Boys podcast here. And um, man, we may even jump on it live for a little bit and try to get our live reactions from things that are coming up. Maybe even do like a so yeah, cool. it starts on a Saturday, so we can definitely do that. That yeah, Saturday, kind of like um, yeah, I think it'd be pretty fun just to kind of get our our actual live reactions and watch it with everybody here on the on the comment sections Let's and it, uh, everybody jumping in with us and checking it out. Um, yeah, man, but it's, uh, it's, it's been a pretty random week. I, I read somewhere earlier too, that there was this, um, shit. I don't know what it was, but that's where I heard D23 in the first place. It popped in on a, on a news article that I was reading about, uh, one of the executives at Marvel or one of the directors that's at Marvel was saying that we haven't even literally heard all the planning for 2022 coming up, like all the films that they've even mentioned, not to mention the ones that we already know and have seen. And the ones that we're waiting for also. So like we have like Loki, of course, we have the Spider-Man franchise coming up soon. We have Black Widow coming up. We have um, the Eternals. Uh, you know, it just so happens that the director of the Eternals just won an Oscar for her film called Nomadland. So um, you, you have like now with the Eternals coming out, it's going to be very from what I heard. They're really, really respecting the Jack Kirby storyline. <clears throat> and um you have someone with a really, really nice vision that just might bring uh, the Oscar style cinematics that we've been wanting for a serious film when it comes to Marvel films. I mean, knowing that, you know, on a serious note, when it comes to Marvel, I think the Winter Soldier has still kind of has that that top brass. Like when it comes to how that film's uh, theme was. Mm hmm. Because all the other ones are still, you know, very magical or superpower based or uh, cosmic or something where that one felt very Mission Impossible, very grounded, very like almost like you can um, you kind of you can kind of feel it easier. It kind of, you know, I don't don't know how to explain it, but uh, it's more relatable. I guess you could say it's more relatable because it's a a grounded superheroes and stuff. Um, But, yeah, dude, I'm really excited because, you know, as we know about the Eternals, the Eternals are this old school kind of like almost godly Greek pantheon of superheroes, like way back throughout history. Well, they're 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 technically the original humans. Mm-hmm. So they're they're uh, so for like anyone who actually like really really concentrated mm-hmm. or like gave a shit about comic books back in the day because they haven't really done anything with the Eternals in like forever. Yeah, yeah, and um. The Eternals are basically the first experiment of the Celestials here on Earth. And um, when they made the Eternals, the Eternal, like the race of them kind of branched off into two. So you have the Eternals and then you have the Deviants. Mm -hmm. And then like 
then you kind of had like your humans, the ones who had like nothing special about them. The mm-hmm. only cool thing was is that they had an X gene that would activate sometime, sometime. in history. Like, well, sometime in history. It was going to activate. It, they just ne- never knew when. And so, like, that was kind of their thing. And so, like, fast forward thousands upon thousands of years, humanity. There you go. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a very interesting story, man, because, uh, <clears throat> like, the eternal story is, I mean, you have to you have to kind of know your comic books to know the Eternals. Like, a lot of people, I know that there's, I mean, I think we always talk about it. When when they introduce a random ass character and the the internet goes crazy, and you and I call bullshit on like seventy percent of people that know who those characters are, like Valentina, like, Mad- like the Madame Hydra thing, yeah, like, like Madame Hydra, we're like, yeah. no, no, it's not. And, and we were like, that the guys stop getting excited. There's no reason, man. Like we know you no. don't know who this is. Okay, uh, the Eternals, I kind of feel like are the same way, but I. I have faith in Marvel, like what they did with the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're they're kind of like the cooler Inhumans. That's mm-hmm. the best way that I can put it. They're the cooler Inhumans. And I think that it was. I think that the the reason why they wanted to bring these out was I think this is their ultimate backup plan if the X Men weren't going to work, well, or if the Inhumans now. I think. I mean, I, I want to say that they were always going to bring them out, mostly because of like you 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 kind of need some like. You you kind of need something to feature in the cosmic landscape. Yeah, and um, I was really hoping that they were going to do that with the Zandarians, and when they brought out the Nova Corps, the Nova Corps, and they did nothing with it. Yeah, that was very disappointing. I was like, bro, come on! And for me, other than Iron Man, Nova is like my second favorite. Like, well, I mean, this goes back to what I was telling you. I think like last week when we were talking about the time stream and all that stuff. Like now that Loki didn't go back with the Tesseract and took off at that moment and and Thanos isn't supposed to be there anymore in that history and all that stuff, you do have a huge possibility of bringing Nova out in the the, the way that they wanted to originally. Because if I'm not mistaken, I believe that in Endgame, we were supposed to get some casual Nova Corps member. We were supposed to get Nova. Yeah, we were supposed to get Nova. We don't write but it wasn't like, going to be like very, very in detail. They were just going to introduce no, him because yeah, he was so going to do that. The whole thing was is that like his original cameo was supposed to be in that like fly through when they're yes. coming at Thanos. That's where he was supposed to make his like cameo appearance. And I kind of feel like that's like I mean, um, the Justice League when Darkseid. Yeah, kind of like the Green Lantern appearance, right? Yeah, but I would have been fine with that because yeah, I would have been good giving, with that too. Yeah, because at least you're giving him like okay, cool. Now you're saying for sure he's there. Yeah, that's fine. Really, now you, they, now they you didn't can actually show any Nova. Him. No, the Novas were all because ex- ex- they didn't die with the snap. They were wiped out by Thanos. They, so they were officially wiped out in like prior to Infinity, Infinity War. War, because that's the first stone that he gets is the Power Stone. Power Stone, and that's yeah, and that's uh, on Xandar. So you know that he wiped out Xandar. hundred <laughs> percent. It wasn't uh, like and, one of those like. 50% shits. Like, yeah, like, fucking... oh, no, you for sure know he took down Xandar. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, and, you know, um, canonically speaking, that's, granted, it's not Thanos who did it, but Xandar was destroyed, and there was only one Nova 
left. Left. Hold, and, yeah, that was the you know, and, and that was Richard Ryder. So, yeah. I mean, they could very well still set him up. And I still hope that they do, you know, because the, 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 the snap is still a very prominent event in, in what's going on, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, especially with the snap being such a prominent event, it's going to set up obviously a lot of things for phase four. Yes. So it's still going to have to be mentioned regardless. So what do they call I mean, it, they call it the blip or what do they call it in? They, they do that in Spider-Man. They call it the blip in Spider-Man. Like, um, originally I remember when, right after Infinity War came, if I remember correctly, they called it, uh, the, uh, it wasn't the blip. It was like, uh, like the devastation or something like that. It was something very dark yeah. and I loved it because I was like, Oh cool. Like they're giving like actual severity to like this. Uh, because I mean, obviously, not everyone knew that it was a snap that is what did all that. You know, I doubt like Captain America and what's left of the Avengers are going to disclose. Like, oh yeah, all we had to do is just not let him snap his fingers. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's that. That's yeah. That's a good point. I mean, but then again, it does. Like you said, it does kind of give the severity of the situation on how powerful these these people are right. Like at the ending of a uh, Falcon and winter soldier, Sam gives that speech to the politician and he mm-hmm. says, you're not, you're just as, yeah, you're just, yeah, you're, you're just, just as powerful as a, as a mad God or as a, or, or as a radical, like a radical terrorist. You yeah. Know, you or as much- a, no, as a, well, what did he call Carly? Like a deranged teenager or something like that. A superpower oh. teenager. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You have you have just as much power as a superpower teenager or a uh, or a mad god. Yeah, it, it it's it's it puts into perspective like like how masterful Marvel is at writing stories and making it all kind of like whimsically come together. Mm-hmm. Like now, I'm really excited to see the Loki story even more than I was. I was already excited, but now I'm even more because the Netflix shows have been doing amazing from these. To WandaVision and Winter Soldier being so dramatically different, they're both awesome, awesome with just a couple of episodes. And of oh, course, yeah, like no, they, they probably they film are. it as a full movie, like the 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 timing that they kind of put into it, and they break it down into episodes. But like masterful. But now it's like you look at the Loki trailer, and the Loki trailer, you know, they put some cash behind that one. Oh yeah, you you look at the comparison of the way the production was for WandaVision where it looked like it was on a set that they made the city on a set kind of thing. Then you look at Falcon and winter soldier and it looks like they were actually in London filming a bunch of parts and it looks, it looks a spot, but like, man, you look at the Loki production of the CG quality and it looks like they're on different planets. Like the way it was in infinity war and an end game, like that one purple scene when they're sitting there and it looks like, uh, it looks like Scarlet, like a uh, Black Widow. Remember mm-hmm. we talked about that? Like that one part looks super cosmic, dude. Just with the color and, and the color grading and the shot and everything. It's so good. I'm just super excited for what's coming, man. Super, super, super excited. How's it going, everybody? Let me talk to you. Let me say what's up to everybody in the comment section really, really quick. Robert, John, uh, Kyle, what's up, our dudes? How you guys doing? Everybody that's out there on YouTube and Twitch, thank you guys for tuning in so much. Uh, Robert says, I'm catching up real quick. 
I just want to say what a great UFC pay-per-view that the past week was. Dude, he is not lying. Dude, um, dude, George Usman. Masvidal versus uh, Usman was a nut. Dude, it was crazy. <laughs> that was- Rose Namajunas put on such a, a beautiful show. Man, she's the story amazing. Of, she's just dude, an amazing fighter. Dude. The story of Rose Namajunas is such a beautiful story. Like, um, uh, Justin Gacy came out and said, now you guys know why at the ending of the season of the ultimate fighter, I was in tears watching when Rose won because she has, she has fought perseverance and she's been through so much. And I'm like, dude, you know what? Like you see it every time that girl goes out, like, you know, internally she's fighting with everything she's ever feared in her life. Like she uses that to such a great advantage and she's super amazing at it. And uh, I wish her nothing but the best as a champion. Uh, Usman came out, fucking took George Masvidal's soul with that. Uh, Damn, man. And you know what? What's really weird is like we were talking about at the gym and I just feel like George Masvidal. Yeah. I mean, he's an animal, dude. Like George Masvidal is not in that position because he's weak or anything like that, or he just talks or nothing. Because we've had people before in the past, you know, Conor McGregor was one of them where he kind of like built this legacy built on the gift of gab, like going out there with a silver tongue and speaking and and selling the show and making numbers happen, you know, putting it out there really, really well. But like, man, dude, George Masvidal has done this for years, man, years and years and years, and has been through the ringer and has finally got his markings up and he's up there making the money that he deserves. But he he just started like I think he just started to fall into his own hype where he just got too comfortable with thinking that everyone was that he was immortal and everyone was that he was untouchable. And he didn't respect Usman as if he was a champion. And he was over there telling people like, man, Usman's punches, they're real soft. Like I'm going to and I'm like, dude, like you can't be sleeping on people like that, especially like a guy like Usman, man. And now we got um Chris Weidman with a broken leg. You know what I mean? Like, dude, it was just, it was a wild fight, wild pay-per-view, super, super good call. Um, Kyle, what's up? And now, and now it's said, and now he's saying that it'll be eight weeks before he stands. Yeah. Yeah. It won't take him too, too long. I mean, they already did the surgery. They, they put the pins. All they're waiting for is the bone to mend. And then from there, he should be back on it. That was like, um, what was that one kickboxer dude? What was his fucking name? Um, he used to fight for pride. He's the one that he's a real big guy that fight. That fought Brock Lesnar. Um, I'll, I'll remember his name later. Yeah, he broke his shin too, and 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 like a oh, couple Anderson of Anderson Silva. Yeah, well, Anderson Silva, yeah, too, but he was a little bit older. The other guy was a little bit younger, and he was up already, like walking in six weeks. Yeah, so was Silva. It, like yeah. it only took him about six to eight weeks before he uh, he was up walking on it. Yeah, and then, yeah, and dude, and then like I remember, in, I remember seeing that when it happened live, mm-hmm. and. At the time, I Alistair was Alistair over him. There you go. Sorry. Yeah, Alistair over him. Uh, yeah, when he broke his I, I remember. I remember when when it happened to to Silva. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, man. I laughed. I was like, "Skedaddle, skedoodle, your leg is." Oh noodle. fuck no, dude. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> in, like in the MMA world, dude. Every fighter, you never fucking wish that shit on nobody else, dude. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah every fucking fighter. Kind of, yeah, that was kind of mean, but every fighter tightens their butthole, screams, and makes that little like mm, fuck face. Like, like nobody, nobody ever prays for that. Not even on our worst enemies are we ever like, I hope he breaks this fucking no, dude. We never say that shit. That's like the worst thing. The worst thing because the the bad thing about that type of a break is you don't know it breaks until you step back on it. Yeah, like that's yeah. the worst fucking thing ever to to really ever wish on someone like. To know that the guy snapped his leg and he doesn't know it's broken 
until the leg comes back and then he puts pressure and then the bones rub like the bones put it. That's like, that's fucking horrible, dude, because the, the initial break, if he was to break it, lay down automatically, there's a lot of saving grace that you could do. But when it steps back on it and you put pressure on it, the bone stabs into the meat and you know, it, it shards in there. And so dude, it, it's a, it's a horrible situation. That's why I'm like, You'll never hear someone go like, good, man. Fuck that dude. Like he, fuck. No, nope. Nope. Nobody, dude. Even when Anderson Silva broke his leg, I was like, dude, I, he could have been the worst guy on the planet and nobody would have wished that on him, dude. Well, no MMA fighter. <laughs> like, uh-uh. But yeah, dude, it was, uh, that was wild, man. It, it, it was so wild because of course, like, um, like Robert mentions, Robert mentions in the comments, it's the same thing that happened uh, to Anderson Silva when it happened to him. And it's like, yeah, um, when you fight, the thing is, is if you go back and look at that fight, Chris Weidman throws that kick so wild, dude, like, like just so loose and long and open. Like it's super telegraph. Like, um, the guy that he was fighting, I fucking forgot. And I know, I know, I know that dude just off the top of my head. He fucking, you could see where he kind of like checks the, the shin super, super well. Like he puts it out and just perfect, perfect fucking like step out. But yeah, man, um, you know, our hearts and prayers, of course. I hope everybody's hearts and prayers go out to Chris Weidman and his his healing. I got the hiccups. I don't know what's wrong wrong with me. I apologize. Uh, Uriah Hall. Oh, yeah, yeah, Uriah Hall, man. Spinning hook kick himself, man. Mr. Spinning hook kick. The Ultimate Fighter TV show are actually uh, in the series where you go out. I think it's the Contender Series. He likes spinning hook kick someone practically to death, dude. <laughs> and, you know, Uriah Hall, too, man. If I'm not mistaken, there was a fight that... uh. He tore his big toe uh, bone out. Oof. Like, yeah, his fucking bone was like shoved out of the, the toe and he was freaking out a little bit. But yeah, I mean, injuries happen, man. It's the name of the sport. I think uh, as a matter of fact, um, Actually, our hearts and prayers go out to that young man this past week in the uh, so boxing that died. So it uh, was a young yeah, boxer that died. Yeah, some, uh, um, Argentina or something like that. Israelian or something like that. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, it was an Olympic boxer. It was an amateur boxer. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know what? Actually, speaking of Uriah Hall, that that um that fight now makes him the only fighter in history to ever win without throwing a single punch. Wow, shit! I don't know that. Yeah, that's crazy. Because it happened, I guess, like in the first round. Because I didn't, I didn't see that fight. Um. I was just kind of you know, catching snippets and stuff like that. And then, you know, when I saw the Weedman thing, I was like. Oh, wow. Man. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you think? Uh, Robert also put up here. What do you think of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier's last episode was going to be called Captain America and the White Wolf, but they dropped it last minute. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think the whole White Wolf thing is necessary at all. Actually, um, I, I like that they're giving. That they're kind of giving him like a a new persona, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, that's what they were calling him. You know, like at the end of what was it? Uh, at the end of Black Panther, you know, like yeah. they're, they're calling him the White. That's Wolf. what they called him on the on the when he was living in Wakanda. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's cool. It's better than you know being the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, the whole thing is like he's left behind. If I'm not mistaken, the director of the show went off and said in an interview that. Well, he's not the Winter Soldier anymore. Yeah. That's who he was. And now he's trying to be this whole new person. 
But do I think he's going to take up the name White Wolf as his like superhero name? No, I don't really think so. He he usually just goes by Bucky. <laughs> it's yeah. literally just Bucky. <laughs> so um, I think it's cool. I think the the reference is all right. I don't think it's super necessary, but um, yeah, we'll see what they do. Um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier did leave a good taste in our mouth for what's coming up. Um, of course, like I still feel really. I still feel really like torn between the idea of of them Marvel still doing that to like an original diverse character that already had establishment. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was having a conversation with a, a friend of mine at the gym the other day, and um, I was talking about it. He comes from he's a he's he's a a black person of the community, right? And down here in the valley, there there is a, a really minority of of, of African-American people, black, the black community down here in the Valley. But it's super cool because a lot more people I feel down here are a lot more uh, accepting of diverse cultures because it's always been the Hispanic culture. Right. So like for us to see different cultures, we like, we want to experience things like that. We want to experience different cultures. So um, we were having a conversation because he likes to listen to the show actually. So that makes me happy because he's like, Hey, dude, I've been listening to your show, dude. I'm really digging it. And, yeah, uh, you know, he he's li- he's liking all the stuff we talk about. Oh yeah. And I, I was telling him that, you know, uh it's really really cool that that they've chosen someone like the Falcon to take up the mantle of Captain America. But I feel bad because it's almost like a piece of history that they could have preserved and pushed farther by building the Falcon better. Because instead of renaming him as Captain America, like the Falcon was actually one of the first black characters in comic book history. And he's been established throughout all of this time that even now he's out there doing super great things still with his character. You know what I mean? But for him to take up the mantle of captain America, kind of like over it's overbearing on his name sometimes where the name captain America is synonymous to a, a person of that. Like uh, the original Steve Rogers. So I don't know. Like I'm still kind of torn on it. I do. And it's like we talked about last week. Like it's very classy the way that they did it in the show compared to the comic book. Cause in the comic book, it was very like, I think I saw this comment about three or four weeks ago and on, on, it was floating around like on TikTok and on Instagram and stuff that where someone posted up like, man, I hate movies that, that always put the black man dealing with racism or something like that. Why can't they ever ever have us fighting dragons or demons or things like that? Right. And it's like, well, you know what? Like it's, it's kind of true. Like if you think about it, most of the time when you create uh, superheroes of any other color or origin, they have to somewhat always fight against racism more than threats. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I feel real bad because it's just like, yeah, the idea of more representation for characters like us is, is important. But the thing is, is not only do we need representation by actually having people of color and, and, and uh, minorities in comic books, but we need better stories for characters like us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I'm really excited to see where it goes. I just, uh, I just, I still feel kind of torn from the comic book era 
when it first came out. But I do, like I said last week, I do like what the Falcon and Winter Soldier did for the television show. They really, really flipped it to where it feels more real in the sense of how he takes the mantle up. So, yeah. so I dig it. I dig it. But um, yeah. Um, Hello. How's it going? I hope everybody's doing good. Let's go ahead and see what's up. What do we got coming up, Triggs? So what do we got in gaming news? Gaming news. So uh, a couple days ago, Monster Hunter Rise had a um, had an nice update. update um, yeah, uh, fixing some stuff. You know, making uh, giving us a little bit more content. Uh, as a matter of fact, a new uh, uh, mission just came out. Um, that you all you have to do is just kill a Tentrodon, and that's it. And which isn't even all that hard. Um, and if you do, and once you do that, you get the ninjutsu uh, emoji or gesture. Oh, cool, dude. So yeah, I, I so Monster Hunter Rise is more Japanese samurai ninja based, ninja based, right? Well, this time it is. Other times it's like medieval. Other times it's like Celtic. You know, like there's there's like different cultures. Like, yeah, like cultures that they like take from and stuff like that, or like the the villages that you end up in. This one is very yeah, like very Japanese Asian. Very cool. Very cool. Cool. And then they added uh, also they added three new monsters. So the thing about Monster Hunter is it's it's very much like the original ways of like Destiny. Um, what is it? Um, what's that other game that I'm always fucking playing? I can't even remember off the top of my head. Um, the Borderlands. It's very a uh, loot based game. Like you go around, you kind of go through the same areas, uh, but there's always constant different opportunities for you and different targets that you have to take. And you end up creating these really nice armors that are in the games and you just kind of loot and keep going. I think looting games are, are where it's at right now, but it's a little bit more MMORPG kind of thing rather than a first person shooter like most battle royales. So, um, yeah, I've, I have Monster Hunter. I haven't played it since. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I was about 30, three or four weeks ago. So I went back on War, World uh, Warzone. But uh, Monster Hunter is pretty fun, man. Uh, it's fun with a group of people. It's very hard to play with 
if you're with friends because you don't really have the opportunity to be in conversation with them because they do not have like lobbies or microphone talk. Everything is through in-game. So if you do Monster Hunter and you have a group of friends with you, I recommend doing it through Discord. Like setting up a voice chat through Discord. Is that the way you do it, Trix? Uh, I actually haven't played with anyone on, that I know online. Um, I When I do missions that happen to like like that are online, I kind of just get a bunch of randos and I honestly like, I'm not going to say that I carry because like my gear is not all that good, but I know what I'm doing. I know my move sets and like, I know how Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. I know how to play the game. So, I mean, I just want to, I just want to put, I'm not going comment. out there and just like aimlessly like wandering around and shit like that. So yeah. like, I like, Thankfully, a lot of the guys that like I'm playing with or like that do happen to come in kind of know the game anyway. Yeah. And it's pretty much just like keep everyone alive. Yo, real quick, before we go on to our next parts of the conversation, I want to put a comment up that Kyle just put up. That's really great. It really has a good understanding of what we're just saying. He says it's unfortunate that black people's biggest opponents in most series is always going to be racism. Casting black people as normal people is something that we still need to work towards. Yeah, it's very, very, very true. Same thing with Hispanics, dude. Same thing with, I mean, it's just been a couple of years that the Hispanic uh, actors got moved up to being police officers from before we were the criminals and the gardeners. Or Hector. Hector. Yeah, or Hector, just himself as every Mexican character. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? It's usually like that, dude, where we end up getting put typecasted as a yard worker or someone like a janitorial service. Uh, If not there, then we are automatically cartel members or drug runners. That's that's really what it is. And you know what? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I was given the opportunity to be in a film, I would take it. But if that's the only thing that they're giving, you know, it's I mean, that's what you get, I guess. But hopefully that changes soon, man. I feel like the world is in, in is getting in a better place when it comes to all this situation. So hopefully it fixes soon. Um, what else we got? We got Resident Evil Village is going to be dropping win, Triggs. What's that? Resident Evil Village, dude. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. Uh, Resident Evil Village is coming out next week, bruh. Oh, oh, man. Did you get to see the demos that people were playing this past week? No, man. Yeah, they released no. a really good beta that had like, um, I think it was like 20 something minutes. 20 something minutes of the first episode. So my brother-in-law, when the, when the demo first dropped, mm-hmm. all it, well, yeah, he like, he played it in front of us and man, it looked good. Was that the one where he runs into the big lady vampire and she like throws yeah. him and stabs him or something? Yeah. Okay. That was the first demo. Yeah. Yeah. They just released the second one. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I know about the second one. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like, I just want to be fresh with this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. That's why I don't really do many demos when it when the games come out unless it's going to be something like i I guess like destiny or borderlands because it's going to be more about what the game mechanic is rather than the story so like i feel like with the first demo that came out it's it's epilotic which means like it'll bring you to a certain spot that was created specifically for the demo that's like a movie cut or a cinematic cut but that doesn't appear in the video game so then when you play the video game, that first part will actually play a little bit different and have a different ending compared to what you ran into then in the demo. And I kind of feel like that that makes you confused. I don't know. That's the way it was with me when I when I when I played some demos back in the day. 
I kind of hate it when it does that. So I haven't really touched any of the Resident Evil Village uh, demos yet. I've seen some online just to see what it looks like gameplay wise. Uh, shout outs to all the cosplayers that are out there uh, representing the cosplay community and dressing up as as the vampire ladies and stuff like that. It's so cool, dude. So, so cool. Um, what else do we got in video game world? Anything else coming out? Um, Pokemon Snap came out today oh. for <laughs> the people who've been waiting like 15 years, you know, or, you know, you know, for Pokemon snap. Uh, yeah. 15, 20 years or whatever, you know, it's still going to be like a path driven game where like you, it puts you on a path. You just take pictures. I or is it free world? I have no fucking clue. Dude. Yeah, I have no. I just remember the old game. I didn't, I, I was I on the N sixty four. Yeah, for N sixty four. I didn't play the first one. I'm not gonna play this one. So I mean, but I'm you're like, hey, but it's cool. Yeah, man. But dude, my Audrey's all over. Yeah, hey, I'm not gonna it's lie. Like, I played. I used to play the N sixty four one a lot. I used to play. I I dig that game so much because there are certain ways that you could take pictures and get like Easter eggs. So like I know it's going to be like that in this game, but the problem with the first game is it felt like a roller coaster ride. You would be put on a path, and you could only stick on that path. So I wonder if they switch that out to making it like a uh, open world where you can just run around and take pictures of stuff. I mean, it very well might be. You know, it is on the Switch, so I mean, it's not like the the capability isn't there. Yeah. Um. What else did I hear recently? Um. God of War, Ragnarok. I heard they're already working on that. That uh, what is it? Ubisoft? No, yeah. is it Ubisoft? Wait, I believe so. Well, I know that they just put out like a huge thing about hiring a whole bunch of people, and they were trying to do it in the span of like two years. But I believe the director of the company told them take their time because he's really excited to see what they're making. Oh, uh, it's actually um, Sony Inter- Interactive. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I knew I, I knew it was in Ubisoft. There's something about it. Uh, Battlefield Six. I'm super excited about Battlefield 6, but not off of the heels of them coming off of Battlefield 2, which was them doing World War 2, I believe. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Battlefield 6 is going to be a modern game, if not maybe a little bit more into the, the future, but not too, too crazy. Uh, hopefully it's coming off of the heels of uh, Battlefield 4. If it plays like Battlefield 4, man, I told my friends on Warzone, you will not see me for weeks, dude. Weeks. What else do we got yeah. coming up? Oh, shit, man. Um, yes. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm looking right now. I'm trying to remember because I had like a list, but it's in my backpack. And I'm oh, like, no, it's okay. If you can't I, remember anything, there's, there's yeah. no, I mean, the thing is, is it's, it's quiet, man. It really is, man. It, you it's know, a really, really uh, quiet place. I mean, right now, I mean, Look, as a matter of fact, let's even be a little bit more nostalgic, right? Right now, last year would be us being at South Texas Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And here we are this year. Of course, a lot of people putting up stuff on Facebook, uh, remembering memories and stuff like that. But right now, it would be the time that we would be celebrating uh, anime and everything here in the South Texas area. But because of the coronavirus, we've been kind of uh, stripped of this uh, of this really cool event that we all used to love to go to. And hopefully um, we have something coming up hopefully soon. Um, have you heard anything about any of the conventions that are happening? So I know in October there's uh, anime, uh, sorry, anime fest. Uh, anime the, fiesta. Uh, yeah. And um, 
that's when uh sorry the voice for Tanjiro is going to be there. Yes, they just uh Ramsey Ramirez, uh the owner of South Texas Comic Con, Anime Boom, Kaboom Comics, you name him, you love him, we all love the guy. Uh he just made an announcement a couple of days ago uh that Tanjiro, the American voice actor for Demon Slayer is going to be at the event. He's the first guest. Dude, I'm super excited to see what they're going to be bringing, man. Yeah, man. Um yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good um it's definitely gonna be a good event. Um I'm I can't wait to go. I really You guys can. just had a really good opportunity too. You guys got to finally catch up with the Demon Slayer Mugen train, right? Yeah, man. We just watched Mugen Train yesterday uh at the Bistro, and I think that was actually like the last showing that they were gonna have there, at least at that location. Um and dude, it was beautiful. It was so good. Did you guys uh are you guys pretty good with the series? Like have you guys been catching up with the series in the manga or I am. They they weren't they're like my my um so it was it was me, Audrey, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law and her boyfriend. So it was the five of us. Um the, this was like their first um introduction like that week or this week of Demon Slayer. Uh, I'm catching up. Like I'm actually reading through it and stuff like that. So like I knew like more or less what was going to happen. Um, certain things I was kind of like, oh, dude, like I I don't remember that happening here. I don't remember that happening here. But then again, like when I looked back on things, I was like, oh, damn, that's just my fault. Well, this goes back with the idea of like the my my hero academia movies and stuff like that. The movies kind of uh, they're kind of a visual of what will happen through the series. Because I know that the character of Rengoku, like he's still a character in the series, and this movie does not go along with the series. Like when when we return back to the series uh, coming up, he's still going to be there. And then this will, there will be a a tie-in eventually that happens with this film. Well, in the manga, that's how he dies. He dies. Yeah, but but the thing is, is this one is like streamlined. The story's streamlined. Yeah, but it's still canon. Yeah, of course. So, that, like, um, that would be equivalent of, to like, the like yeah, but that's that's different. That like, two heroes wasn't in the manga at all. Well, at no, all. it's it was, it's it not just technically referenced. in it, but right now it is playing a factor in the series. Yeah, no, because, it's just being referenced. That yeah, is, they're being that, referenced and stuff. Like, but Mugen Train, that entire arc was in like like was there, like what you saw in the movie saw you saw that in the manga as well uh you just uh obviously you saw a lot more detail in the manga than you did um than you did in the movie yeah it'll be more fleshed out in the series that's yeah. what that's what i meant like this is the the movie streamlines it and puts stuff into different perspectives and stuff like that but then of course it's going to be more uh stretched out in the series yeah so that's why i'm kind of just like ooh. The one thing that I don't like that, yeah, we got a lot more of in the manga. We got a lot more story when it came to, um, when it came to Rengoku. Yeah. Like we didn't get a whole, whole lot of it in, yeah, like in the, uh, in the movie, which is, you know, kind of shitty, but we got what we needed. We got his reason for being a Hashira. We got his reason for being a demon slayer. We had his like overall, like, ambitions and like what he was trying to do and trying to prove. And then when you see that all play out and then especially during his fight with Akaza, I mean, dude, it was, it was badass. I loved it. 
Like even Akaza is like, bro, just let me turn you into a demon. Like, let me save you. He was like, bro, I respect you this much that I want to turn you into a demon because like you are not a weak person. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Nice, nice, nice. And then um, of course we have the anime fan convention that'll be coming up soon, also, right? That yeah. one will be pretty interesting, man. They're gonna be doing, I'll show you right now, man. Harlingen Convention Center lineup so far, March. Are we in March 2020? No, that was last year, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, this oh, was our last year. March but last month. You're talking yeah. about last, last year. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to find out where he played because Pete, Pete was, and I'm not, I'm not mistaken. Who do they? They're bringing two characters right now, but they're going to be the way that they've been doing it, which is they'll have them at Quinn Comics and at the Flux in McAllen. And if I'm not mistaken, it's John Yun Bosch and uh, Walter Jones, the Black Ranger, the original Black Ranger, and then the movie Black Ranger. Very nice. Very. That, very they're nice. gonna be both. That's gonna be so cool, dude. I can't wait for that stuff, man. I can't wait, boys. That one's coming up. That one will be in. I want to say July, man. July. Let me see. I'm trying to find this stuff right now so that I can tell you. Um. Yeah, the Harlingen the Harlingen fan convention is looking for uh, any Avatar fans. So it looks like we might have someone from the Avatar film, the Avatar TV show, not the film, not the movie. Talking about the last airbender avatar cartoon. Uh so far someone it looks like from Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Yo, that's a really great film if you haven't seen it. If you have not seen it. Um but yeah, good stuff, dude. Morphomania. Uh yeah, but okay, here we go. I just found it. It's going to be at Quinn Comics in Harlingen, Texas. You're going to have special appearances by John Yun Bosch and Walter Jones. July 25th through the uh, 2021 from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then the next day in McAllen, Texas, you're going to have it at the Flux in McAllen. Of course, John Yun Bosch and Walter Jones both. July 24th, 2021, 12 to 3 p.m. Excellent stuff, dude. And they had a really, really good one that just came out. They brought the uh, the young man from... Um, What's his, uh, from, uh, the Mandalorian, the dude that played the dude oh, that yeah. screwed him over. Remember that one uh, bounty hunter guy? Yeah. His name is Jake Cannavale and they just brought him down. It was a really, really good turnout. Uh, Chris and JD both said that and McAllen, they had a really, really good crowd. Uh, same thing with, uh, in Quinn comic books. It's really, really cool that these guys are still pushing to bring in celebrities and stuff. Right. And I was supposed to, uh, during these times, man, 
I think it's so cool. And they have a really nice setup too. Like everything is super safe and super appreciated, man. Super excited. Yeah. So I'm excited because I want to at least try to, to do another cosplay, hopefully for anime fiesta. So anime fiesta, what days are they going to be having that one? Uh, and shit, let me pull it back up. <laughs> You're like, well, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, it is October 9th and 10th. October 9th center. Yeah, yeah, we got like a solid year to get ready, man. Yo, you know what I want to dress as? Omni-Man. Oh, I want to do Omni-Man. I want to dress as Omni-Man for that one. I did, I did yeah. for Anime Fiesta last, the last time, I did uh, All Might. That's where I did my All Might costume. And I made a muscle suit. Muscle suits are uber expensive, but I made mine all custom. So I want to, I want to see if I can pull off an Omni-Man. That'd be Dude. so fun. That would be so fucking fun. Especially with what just happened. You know? Oh my god. Yep. Indeed, man. Indeed. But yeah, um as actually as a matter of fact, you know what? I had the opportunity to see this really, really cool movie this past weekend. And it was called Without Remorse, which is with Michael B. Jordan. Um, and it's a Tom Clancy story. And of course, Tom Clancy is very, very popular for making. He's an author. He's a video game uh, director. He creates the Rainbow Six series. He created um, what uh, Silent? What was that old game back in the day? Remember that one, Siphon Filter? Hmm? Yeah, he made Siphon Filter. Like, um, he made what is it? Uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. Yeah. Or, is it? No, yeah, Into the Wildlands. Well. That's of the Ghost Recon series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's like twelve like Ghost Recon games. <laughs> but, but yeah, but, but you know, it's it's uh, Tom Clancy. For anyone who's like into literature, knows exactly who he is. He's a very very seasoned writer, um, and he makes such great stories. And they've transferred very well into the uh, gaming world. But now it looks like he's going to be trying to do a digital adaption of the Rainbow Six series. He's going to be trying to make like a, um, this is what I think. Um, the Rainbow Six series is still very prominent in the video game world. Like right now, everybody still plays it a lot, actually. And uh, there's always characters that are coming out fresh and new. And I feel that maybe with the idea of creating these really, cause he makes some really fascinating backstories to the characters too on, on the rainbow six series. Mm -hmm. So now if he starts creating backstories to all the characters, it creates opportunities for more DLCs, more downloads, you know, more people getting into the interactions with it. I think it's super great. I had a really, really great time with the film. I think it was, it was really good. I would compare it to, a smaller budget variation of extraction. So the one with uh, Chris Helmsworth. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a fantastic story. Um, Michael B. Jordan does an amazing job. The cast is fantastic. Um, the villain of Iron Man three is in that film. Also, I forgot his name, but he's such a seasoned actor. Also, I guy just can't Pierce. remember the guy that plays the dragon or what does he play? Guy Pierce. Yeah, Guy Pierce. Is that oh, that's Guy Pierce? Yeah. Yeah, I know I had a weird name, man. I was thinking because there's a bunch of actors that have all these weird names. Like, uh, for some reason, the name that kept coming to me was Army Hammer. Oh, uh, no. For me, I actually I get him and Jude Law. Yeah, Jude Law. Like they have such uh, crazy like, names, man. Like, and Guy Pierce is all the time. Yeah, Guy Pierce and Jude Law. I get confused all the time. 
Yeah, it, it just kept catching me. And Mark Wahlberg. Like, I recognized him, like, straight up. The moment I saw him, I was like, yo, that's that dude from Iron Man 3, like, and all the other crazy films. And I, and I was like, I know he has such a weird name, but I can't think of it right now. But he does an amazing job. Literally, the whole entire cast is great through and through. And Michael G. B. Jordan puts on such an amazing performance, like, emotional, heartfelt performance. Highly recommended. Highly recommended on, on, on a streaming service. But it's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And you know what, like, bro, this coronavirus, I mean, yeah, it's been such a a horrible situation and it's getting somewhat better, but if there's not something positive that came out of it, the streaming services have all picked their games up so hard, dude. Yeah, I agree, man. They are coming up with some amazing, amazing shows, dude. You know, uh, Extraction itself was a fucking amazing TV show or amazing film. And then, of course, you have the Disney Plus series that is coming out with all of these Marvel. I I appreciate the realism. Like when it comes to like these like village, like very like military esque, like um, like movies and TV shows and stuff like that. There's a level of realism that you just weren't getting in like the early 2000s and like the 90s and obviously the 80s, because like, you know, up until like the like early to mid 2000s, everyone just fired and somehow or another was the greatest shot in the fucking world. Mm-hmm. You know, and like now there's actual like breathing techniques and co- correct reloading techniques and, you know, weapon manipulation and stuff like that. So, you know, me coming from, you know, an infantry background, you know, I really, really appreciate something like, you know, seeing something like that. Yeah, it's it's really like um relatable. It's For almost me, yeah. like, yeah, it's For almost me, yeah. like a it gives you like that almost first person, third person type of vibe, like where it's so close and intimate with every feeling. For me, it's not just that. It's more of like a, that's exactly what I would have done. That's exactly how I would have done it. That's Mm -hmm. like, that's exactly how I do things when I do things like this. You know, um, one of the, one of the, I guess, like more prominent things that you see is uh, at least in extraction, there's a part where his gun jams and he like, and this is something that, that like I was taught in the military is like, you know, like if you're, if you're in the middle of a fight and you need to reload, but you're still in a fight. Use your gun, just muzzle yeah, hammer it in. You know, thump it real hard, and then if you can reload real quick. But he thumps the dude, and then he checks it, and he sees that it's a he sees that that is jammed, and he racks it again on his vest, which is exactly what I was taught. If you have a jam and you're in the middle of it, rack it on your vest, get that jam clear, and then get back. And I mean, that's exactly what he does like he's thumping dudes and just throwing people it was beautiful i loved it yeah it's exciting man it was really really good um but you know that that brings up a good talking point in the sense of like we we do know that there's a lot more investment in now the streaming services to bring out quality content yeah what are some upcoming events that or upcoming streaming services and films and series that you've heard that you're excited for castlevania season four you know what? I just saw the trailer today. Looks sick as and it's right. fog, dude. It looks the <laughs> art sick. is amazing, dude. Oh my god! It's so it's the uh, it's I believe it's the same artists who are doing Yasuke. Vampire Hunter D. It's the same artist that did Vampire Hunter D. And the uh, same ones who are doing uh, Yasuke. Yasuke. Now Yasuke is a very very interesting series, and it's something that we're going to recommend. I haven't seen it yet. 
But I haven't, I, have you seen it yet or no? I, I haven't. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm not all that appealed by it, but that's just, I, I don't know. Like, like I said, it, it just doesn't carry enough appeal for me. I'm probably going to check it out just mm-hmm. to check it out. But it's not one of those that like, I was like, I got to fucking see this. For and, me, it's a little bit different. Like I, I'm a practitioner of Iaido, yeah. which is a samurai style. You know, the martial arts thing is a big thing in my life. Um, I am really I'm, I'm i was really excited when people were making a big fuss about it and excited about them ma- making a series mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken i feel like the creator of the story did go a little bit more fantasy yeah and i wanted like, them to make like a little bit more realistic or like there's like a it's very ninja fantasy. scroll yeah yeah it's very ninja scroll and i feel like it's a fascinating enough story in history that it doesn't really need to be all that yeah that's why yeah. i was kind of just like dude if you just like glorified how he became a samurai it's so much i I think you would have like had a pretty a pretty telling story but if i'm not mistaken this is post his samurai career like he's already like put down the sword and like now he's being called back like i believe believe is the story like that they're going with i mean it's it's a very like i so it's supposed to be where he's already like a uh He's already been the samurai, and they're trying to. Is it very um? What was that film back in the Afro Samurai or what? Kinda. Well, with Afro Samurai, like, like he was a samurai who just wanted to avenge his dad. Yeah. <laughs> that was seeing the the guy had one one motivation. That was it. That was it. Avenge dad. That was so it. So is this one more in the sense like? I think he he's like kind he, of already done being a samurai, and then he comes back so. to it. Yeah, like he's already kind of done. And like he's protecting somebody, uh, or yeah, like protecting like a little girl or some shit like that. You know, like every single fucking anime out there. Yeah, you see, girl. like that's that's what we're talking about. Like story wise, it just seems like it's always the same stuff over and over again. Yeah, and I, you know what? Like yeah, we talked about trophy. it before too, where anime and mangas have a tendency to be a little bit more creative than what Marvel and DC, DC or what they're, what they're doing nowadays. Yes, but at the same time. More like manga and anime, very much like Marvel Stick and DC. And they're, you know, they're very predictable at times. Yeah, you know, like granted, when it comes to Marvel and DC, something bad happens, good guys win. Mm-hmm. The journey between that is usually never the same. You know, but with animes and mangas, the journey almost, at, you know, is still highly predictable up to a point. Because it's like, kid doesn't know who his family is, finds out that he's a chosen one or a prodigy, yeah. uh, ends up becoming a low-key badass, five-year time skip, good guy wins through the power of friendship. Yeah. There you go. Every and then you find out that the- that his parents were both like either villains or they were like a major computer, even though they were never there. Or gods. They were or still a part of the story. Yeah, like the or whole gods. Time. Or so, yeah. That's why, like, we're always talking about it, too, like, that's kind of like what I see what's coming up with my hero. Like, I'm just expecting them for them to bring uh, Deku's dad out. Yeah. The dad out in some way, which is the same thing they did with um, Attack on Titan. Well, they didn't do this with with um, with um, Demon Slayer. Well, not yet. Oh, well, no, no. It's already ended, right? Yeah, it's already ended. ended. Like, his dad, like, his dad has very little to, like, to contribute. Mm-hmm. like the overall story the only thing that he has to contribute is the fact that 
offhanded, Tanjiro remembers a dance that he used to do through breathing techniques, and boom, he knows sun breathing now. That's all his dad contributes. But, like, as a character, nothing. (laughs) But, like, even what about towards the ending of this, of the manga series? Nothing. There's still the father never comes out as a as a part or anything, his or he never dead. contributed anything else. That was it. His like I would, you, I would I, figure like it would be something where like the dad like, planned the bloodline. No, or he planned for Tanjiro to get a sword or no, because you find out that one of the the upper rank three, the number two, mm-hmm. um, is a progenitor of that line of uh no, sorry, not a progenitor. You find out that like. That his brother and him were the first demon slayers, and he and his brother knew sun breathing and taught it to the the like Tanj- like to Tanjiro's like ancestor and just oh. passed it down. That's it. Oh, okay. So in some way, it's it's still there, right? Yeah, but but just not as prevalent as as many other stories. And nowhere near. Nowhere yeah, nowhere near. near. That, that's why I was like, yeah, he does like have a part to play, but dude nothing like yeah, usually usually nothing. when it comes to those type of stories like the escaping parent always comes back like towards the ending of the series in some way but the dad literally died yeah and that one the dad's dead yeah so. yeah you find out episode one that his dad died and boom episode one entire family dies okay. <laughs> well it. i mean lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like the, these stories, they always have a tendency to kind of correlate to each other a lot closer so um yeah i kind of feel like I, when i started hearing about the release of yasuke mm-hmm. like i kind of felt that they didn't need that fantasy I didn't, were, I didn't know that there was going to be one until yeah, i read the synopsis in netflix and you know what it, it, it's really crazy because i thought originally that i thought they were going to do a live action because they chose the actor that played K in Death Note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was expecting them because he's a really great actor. We talked about him before. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully replacing the role for Black Panther. Like a young T'Challa. Like it would be a very interesting role to see him in it. Um, he also came out in what was that scary movie, dude, where he played the get out, right? He played that he played the dude the get out guy. Yeah. When he gets the bloody nose when he takes a photo of him. I don't know, I never saw it. You know what I'm talking about? He's in the trailers when he's like grabbing the dude and he's like, get out, get out. And he's like screaming at him. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, he, he's a really great actor. Um, he's playing the voice of Yasuke in the story. And I originally thought they were going to do a live action. 
but that would have been more to the fact of it being more realistic, which I kind of feel like it does need a, a live action representation of it because it'll probably be a really great timepiece. Like, I think it'll be a really, well, that's really originally what last samurai was. It was. Yes. I mean, they were essentially just telling an Americanized version of the of the Yasuke story, except like 200 years later. One of our, one of our listeners, Kyle, good, good homie came out Yo, and said they, that he's already seen a couple episodes and he says, I was honestly a little disappointed that it was hella magically in techie. I was looking forward to something straight up historical fantasy. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what we thought that it was going to be. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, right before he says it's like cyberpunk meets field Japan. Yeah, there you go. I see that. That's crazy, man. And that's kind of like uh, if you remember, of course, going back to this, I don't know if it's the same people, but um, Afro Samurai had that vibe, too, where everything was very cyberpunkish uh, samurai work. Everybody yeah. had like techno stuff, which is very weird. Because even when you go back to Ninja Scroll, like there is some type of like robotics on people where they have like maybe an arm that's replaced or something. Um, but it's very minimal. Seven Samurai. Seven. Uh, oh yeah, Seven Samurai does. But yeah, you're talking. If you're, if you're not talking about the Kurosawa film. You're talking about the anime. Yeah, I'm talking now, about the anime. Movie. Is like super techno driven. Yeah, that, that was that was straight cyberpunk meets feudal Japan. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I, I feel like it's a really bad loss when it comes to it, because like in the original story of the Seven Samurai, um, you have a great story. Oh, yeah. That you can do with some really grounded individuals. And I do understand the idea of them doing the whole like techie shit with Samurai because it's like coolish, but it, it just never applies right. Mm-hmm. It never applies right because our minds already think the Samurai nature is cool. Mm-hmm. We already think that timeline is a great, cool timeline. It's like doing... 300 and then you add a bunch of like fucking laser guns and fucking metal arms and and cyborg eyeballs you're like well you don't really need that dude the spartans are cool as fuck wait man you're telling me that there's laser raptors nah bro fuck oh that. man yeah laser oh you know what uh i'll take yeah. it back kung fury did it good yeah dude there you go man you're gonna <laughs> tell me you did it amazing fury, but 300 fuck yeah yeah uh, okay so kyle also says i'm gonna be honest though the afro samurai technique vibe was a little bit different uh, big difference That's because they up. weren't aren't telling us historical figure. Yeah, I totally dig that. That's actually correct. Man. Um, yeah, and yeah. that's why you know, like what with with what you mentioned earlier, you know, with like it being slightly compared to Afro Samurai, and I was like, yeah, but you know, like with Afro Samurai, he wasn't a fucking, you know, he wasn't a real person. He wasn't a real top. person during yeah. the Oda 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 Nobunaga time. Yeah, yeah that's a tongue twister. But yeah, dude, and that's because Oda Nobunaga was a, a badass. In most iterations, he's like the Lubu of Japan. Yeah. Like they literally like reference him as like the hardcore general of all time. Oh my god, dude. And speaking of Lubu, <laughs> that is the first fight that you're gonna get to see in the record of Ragnarok anime. Oh my god. And he's gonna be fighting Thor. Oh, you know what? As a matter of fact, even with that reference. Shout out to our boy, the Sun Wukong, Xavier Wilson. He's got a fight coming up. He's on the undercard for the Canelo card in two weeks. Oh, no shit. Yeah, Xavier's going to be on the undercard of the Canelo fight that's coming up. So shout out to Xavier Wilson, Sun Wukong, the man himself, uh, San Antonio boxer, Valley Grown, man, Valley Grown. Looking out, looking out. Um, So, yeah, onward to the next one. So, yeah, guys, like we said, we recommend it. Uh, We're going to be checking it out. This weekend, I'm literally going to binge watch Castlevania, and I'm going to binge watch Asuka. 
those are my two two things that I'm going to do. Um, the Tom Clancy Without Remorse, I do recommend it if you have Amazon Prime, which also brings us to the next one. Do not forget that also Chris Pratt has one coming up, a film coming up called The Tomorrow War. And that's supposed to be Chris Pratt versus some aliens. Hopefully it's got a little bit of comedy to it. Um, Wait, but yeah. gonna, I mean, the only movie that he did that to me had no comedy in it. Trash Park. Uh, no, was the kid. I don't even remember that. I just remember Jurassic Park. I kind of feel like this movie will be like his character in Jurassic Park where he's got like that dry humor, but he's a serious guy. Like, it, I mean, it looks good, though. He has that. All of them have that bracer arm. Oh, my that God. reminds me of fucking Big Boss dude from Metal Gear. <laughs> but uh, it's just an arm shield. Dude, man, there's some huge hitters in this movie. The, oh, Chris the tomorrow? Pat, yeah, Yvonne Stravowski, J.K. Oh. Simmons, Mr. Omni-Man himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude. Sam Richardson, Keith Powers. Oh, my God, dude. Mike Mitchell? Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, this is going to be a funny movie. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. I mean, Chris Pratt, I love the guy. Funny, He's so dude. great. And then in recent times, like seeing him kind of like there's this part of me that wants to see like this buddy story where it's like uncharted. But I want to see him and Tom Holland because they look like each other. And they played brother and they played brothers in um that one animated film. Oh yeah. Where they're like wizards or whatever. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, like, I, I was telling a friend of mine that I didn't really like the movie itself because it didn't make a lot of sense. But I did what, like what movie does make sense to yeah, Christian. But the thing is, is like their performance together as a team, like is was spot on. Like I love their interaction like as brothers and stuff. So I could see them as doing like an uncharted together. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Because Tom Holland's supposed to be playing Nathan Drake in the uh in the uncharted right and then chris pratt looks like him but just six foot and 200 pounds so you put him in the same costume and call him like big or twins like that movie back in the day with arnold schwarzenegger and danny devito like it'd be such a great funny movie together i don't know i think it'd be great that's just me saying that but yes chris pratt does have a film coming up also it's going to be on dude there's a lot of good movies coming out on amazon prime i i feel bad for netflix feel bad for netflix but yeah man straight up uh we do recommend yasuke so you guys check it out uh if not if you have amazon prime check out without remorse and tell me what you guys think because right now we're going to get into one more in our last discussion for the day which is going to be another amazon prime series which is truly amazing the hit it right on the button even with the changes that is made it was fucking masterful but we are talking about the show invincible and trigger what did you think it was fucking beautiful start to finish i had nothing bad to say any of the times that you like that was um like in the show like my only gripes were just um the chronology of everything happening but that was it past that i mean past that you know like they, they would just be gripes you know and even then like those gripes shouldn't be taken all that seriously because like dude uh, this was just a fantastic show start to finish you know and 
I loved it. I loved every single minute of it. You know, I'm I'm probably going to like if this ever comes out to like Blu-ray or DVD or some shit, I'm going to buy it. Like yeah, it, it, buy it. Um, they they really hit it on the button, man. I, at first I was very nervous cuz I didn't know what to expect. Um we talked about that a while back on the show where we talked about our invincible episode that we knew it was going to be coming out and we hope that they got it right. And, um, yeah, you know, you did mention the, the, the biggest point, which was the chronological thing, right? Yeah. Where there were things that felt a little rushed to a certain time period. I'm not I kind of feel rushed. like them. Uh, I'm not at all going to say rushed. Um, well, just to be fitted into the episodes. No, That's what not even that. It was just, if you had told the story in the cohesive in the cohesive chronological order that it went in, you had enough stuff to cover an entire season. But I get what they're doing now because Invincible has now been picked up for two additional seasons. And that's what like, that, that's what I think the goal was. So what I'm taking from that is that one, they're either going to try and finish the series in three seasons or they're going to do two really big arcs. And I think I know which ones they're going to do uh, to see how the ratings stay over those next two seasons. And if they get it, then they're going to close out the series with the fourth season. I think they're going to do five. I hope that overall, I think they're going to do five seasons. It would be smarter to do five. Yeah. Because I, I could see where all the different arcs happen. And it going to five, five, five series. Me too. Like Me five too. arcs. I like, think that would be comfortable. I think if they did it in four, I think that's where it'll start to feel rushed. And they're probably going to have to combine two. And like the biggest reasons why I say that, like why I say that they're going to do four is because they've jumped around so much. Yeah. Chronology, like, like chronology is already out the window. We know that we can't trust things happening in a chronological order. We just have to know what's happening at the moment that it's happening at. That's it. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel like, um, but I don't feel like that just drove me up the wall. I loved seeing it. It was so cool. Yeah, I was gonna say like I don't feel like like the the chronological situation that they're pulling. Like I don't feel like it's bad though. I I don't either because it still tells a very cohesive unit. Yeah, like uh, uh, sorry, a very cohesive story. My mm-hmm. only thing is, is that you're 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 kind of taken away from like I'm not going to say a certain expectation because I think that's a little too um, too like uh, fanboy ish. Yeah. But I'm going to say that like you're kind of you're you're, you're kind of throwing things in a loop that I didn't necessarily think were necessary. That I mean, but I get why you're doing it. You're just telling the same story in a different set of events. You know, I kind of feel like Robert Kirkman is kind of uh, taking a playbook out of The Walking Dead. Well, yeah, I think he learned something from The Walking Dead, where he was kind of like, you know, you know what, like, and, and and you know what, I've talked about this before on the show too, where I'll say where I've said before where originally like they created the story and then they introduced time travel and they introduced going back in the timeline and fixing things because Robert Kirkman wanted to change some things up. And then we saw that real prominently that Robert Kirkman is not afraid to, to flip things out on the walking dead show. No, not he, at was, all. You know, he was not afraid to fucking go super crazy against the grain. Yeah. I mean, 
dude, especially when it comes to his TV shows, you know, yeah. like how many how many characters are dead in the TV show that oh, aren't dead gosh. in the comic? Yeah, man, it's very weird, man. I'm still telling you, like, for it to be one of those things, like, where the show had changed dramatically in the first couple of seasons, only to get to the Glenn part and it stayed like comic book accurate, oh, and yeah. then for it to go awry again, but still kind of be all right because I know that The Walking Dead still has fan base. Oh yeah, I think no, it's it just does. that I think it's just that it's just carried on for too long. Like literally, I think it's still great. I just think that people are kind of like, yeah, I'm tired of that genre. I I, I agree. Like yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that, and that's why like I'm. I'm not going to say that this is going to happen with with, with invincible. No, because yeah. that's a certain niche of people. That's a very particular like like niche of people. Um but with that being said, he has seen a ungodly resurgence in buying in invincible. invincible oh my god, dude. Yes. That dude. man is raking fucking money when it comes to royalties right now. He dude. must be just living it right now my my my, find a fucking invincible comic book to save your fucking life right now my friend christella just hit me up today she's barely watching the episodes like right now oh my god (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) see uh uh, so i was watching the finale and she comes up uh from doing her stuff Mm -hmm. and she's like what are you watching dude and i was like i'm watching invincible it's the season finale and i had tried to show her the episodes days before that and she was just like i'm tired or whatever i'm not i'm gonna go sleep or i'm gonna go home or i'm gonna go lay down or whatnot yeah um lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. She. <laughs> she literally like bypassed it but then when she was watching the season finale with me it got to like uh i'm just gonna say trains oh as my the god reference. that's all that's all it was like, i don't want to oh do spoilers. My god. <laughs> we were we're look we have to spoilers later. <laughs> from not happened. from not seeing the entire series and then watching that part she was like what the fuck is this story about and i was like yeah dude yeah this is invincible like you'll get it you'll get it so she's so she kind of like she hit me up today and she was at work and she was like yo should i buy the adam eve cosplay Bad. and i was like you haven't even seen the series man watch the fucking series first <laughs> like i was kind of like yo watch this first see because the thing is is like i think the the idea of adam eve's character in this storyline is represented very well in that last episode when they're yeah. there at the table talking to each other and they're like uh cool Like (laughs) she's very slept on and I think they slept on her a little too much in the first season. I 
I agree. Yeah, I agree. you know what I mean? Like, she she's super strong. Well, not just that strong, but she's a lot more prominent. Yeah, like, of course. Um, slight spoilers. Not too much. After, too you know, not too much. What happens after the Amber breakup and an Omni Man? That scene in the fucking Burger Shack doesn't happen. They don't meet up later. Adam Eve isn't there. They, that's not a thing. They are not all cool. <laughs> Yeah, like not. granted, like him and Amber, like when they break up, it's a very mutual thing. Like, okay, cool. Like, hey, you know, oh man, they but you cannot man. give me the attention that I deserve, and you're very busy right now. I get it. Like, it is like no fault to you. I get it. You're invincible. This and series like, literally made that shitty, dude. Like, I was yeah, so it like, it was like, whatever, dude, you're a prick. You like yeah. me. I was like, yo, dude, like, you know, he gets his ass handed to him, like three days out of the week right yeah or <laughs> dude this guy just saved the planet and you're fucking worried about him not going to a soup kitchen fuck off dude yeah <laughs> yeah like dude, I, I, you yeah, know they, yeah, they really the kind of like people are still gonna be hungry they'll yeah. still be there <laughs> i, I kind of feel like they did the amber character very dirty in this like they didn't do it good but i kind of feel like they voices, made you hate her for what happens later do you know who voices uh amber yeah dude it's the fucking domino chick from yeah. deadpool uh, zazie yeah, Zazie beats, dude. Yeah, that's fucking that's crazy, dude. I mean, dude, the entire cast is fucking amazing, dude. Oh yeah. The entire cast. Uh Robert Kirkman actually did an interview. I, I want to say it just came out on CBR recently where it was like he explains why he chose to make um uh Andrew Grayson. Kent. Where he chose to make him Mark Grayson a uh like a yeah, a- Asian American or Asian Canadian or Asian Viltrumite. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but like uh, a, a, a biracial person. Yeah. He explains why he wanted to do that. And I'm kind of like, all right, cool. Like, I mean, I wasn't really, it didn't really bother me. And I didn't even think about it that much that the mom was like Asian in this one that much. Yeah. Like, like it, I mean, it, she's, she's played by Sandra. Oh, oh no, I know who plays her, but like, it really never like, I, I guess it's just me, but I never like read for race. Neither do I. And you yeah, know what? And like, comics, I, gotta, read for race. I just see it. You know, and yeah, like, and I'm not going to say that like, oh, like, you know, I don't read for race. So like, I'm better than you and I don't see race or anything. No, dude, it's I'm reading for a story. I don't give a, I don't give a shit if the dude's black, brown, purple or fucking yellow. Yeah, like, you, you know what? Like some people play it off very well where like we talked about earlier where like uh, people of minority never get these cool stories where they get to fight like the demons or the dragons or intergalactic stories. Uh, sometimes people play it off very well, man, where like you just read it to read it. Yeah. And, and unless it's like purposely put there that the race is important to understand, like when they mention something of their culture or their racial standards, then I, I really don't see all that stuff too much. Not when it comes to reading comic books, but you know what, you know, with that being said, who's mm-hmm. one character that I'm glad did come back. Seth Rogen, dude. Seth Rogen, Alan the Alien. Hey, Alan, right at the end, dude. Oh, that was a perfect yeah. send-off, too, man. Yeah. That was a perfect send-off. It was great. It was great. Um, Overall, season one of Invincible? Ten out of one ten. Ten? ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Uh, ten out of same ten. thing with me, man. I believe that this is uh, done in great class. It wasn't very... 
even um, with all its shortcomings, and in even then, I I only consider the chronological happenings of the story as its only shortcoming. It was still fucking fantastic, dude. And and with that, like I kind of I'm kind of happy that Robert Kirkman isn't going farther than that to chronologically change the story up. Well, you also kind of happy that you know, like Seth Rogen has a lot to do with this series. This is Seth Rogen coming to Robert Kirkman and saying like, Hey, let me tell you like the story that you've written. Help me tell your story. Yeah. You know, and I'm fucking kicking back. I'm sorry, guys. Okay, dude. I do (laughs) it all the time. You know, I do it all the time. But yeah, man, you know, like Seth Rogen is like, is obviously a very funny dude. You know, mm-hmm. like it, his laugh is is just iconic now. Oh, but he plays that character like it's perfect. His voice is perfect yeah. for that role. I always thought. I mean, I never knew how like Alan the Alien was supposed Would to sound. sound. You know, like yeah. And like now that I hear the cast sound the way that they do, I'm like, bro, like I can't hear this cast sounding anywhere else. Anywhere you know? else? Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I, I like all you the. Know, I, I thought just- everybody was perfect. You mm-hmm. know. Granted, I, you know, granted, Amber is not a blonde haired white girl. You know, she's a, you know, she is black and, you know, whatever. Um, But I mean, dude, everyone that they got was perfect. Omni-Man, I cannot and refuse. Who would have have ever imagined that J.K. Rollins, dude? J.K. Simmons? J.K. Simmons, yeah. Who would have ever imagined that him to be like the Superman in in a role? The evil Superman. Yeah. But but nonetheless, like have that voice, have that oomph in his voice that, you know, if what you were to imagine what Omni-Man, the voice actor, actually looked like, you wouldn't imagine him looking like Simmons. No, no. You would imagine him to be like a, you know, a yeah, stern-looking I, individual. But but J.K. Simmons just has that depth behind yeah, his voice. Yeah, dude. He's, oh, man, dude. Um, Omni, like the, the, um, the baseball scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like every, every dude, man, he played, this was a phenomenal episode for Honestly, for me. What really got me was the, the mountain scene mountains. Yeah. That was a, I, the whole thing, even, um, even the, um, the part the towards the ending of the mountains. Right. Yeah. Um, just the way he portrays the emotion with man, dude, which granted in the comic was never a thing. The, yeah. the the emotion was not there until he finishes what he's doing in the mountains. And that's you know what effect time, that's the I only was, time you actually see emotion coming from his dad. Now, like I loved that they put that in to to the show because it really humanizes Omni Man. Oh dude, yeah. Yeah, it does. You know what I you know what I love? I know it's something so small and probably like insignificant, but like that they don't have to change their superhero outfits, they just fly out into space and it burns off. Yes, dude. I was just <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah. How their superhero outfit is so durable against that kind of heat that the blood just burns off of him. Well, like just like just everything. that effect, man. That's such a good like continuity effect. Like yeah, knowing was- what would happen. And then the way like the clothes burn off, like it's so like Sailor Moon transformation ish. Yeah, but in such a raw way. Yeah, I get it. Like this is okay. So this brought up a really good, interesting thought in my head. 
as to uh, we see, I mean, a fucking Incredibles, Invincible's been around for how long? Uh, since 04. So you're talking about fucking fuck, dude. Fucking, what is that? Like, Almost, it ended in 2017, if I want to, if I remember correctly. But it's been around. Like people still could get it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you know what I mean? It's it was in, it was in reality. Like we could get it from there. Like you could so, be a fan of it just by moving around. 17 years. Yeah. In 17 years to now, uh, with the franchise, you probably had people come and go life-wise, right? And right now, it's barely becoming a reality. Right now, uh, Robert Kirkman or Kirkland is getting a fluctuation in cash because people are starting to see his hard work come to fruition, right? Yeah. Man. Why do you think that right now in specifics people who haven't been fans, but are becoming fans now relate more to the violent bloody, uh, I don't know, horrific superhero stories rather than the, the old school silver age versions of comic books. Uh, I would have to attribute that to just the media being the way that it is now. You know, people are a little bit more desensitized to it. You know, like our our horror movies are fucking gory now. So, you and know, most people just complain that they're not horror. They're just fucking uh, suspense. Really? Yeah. Or thriller movies and stuff like that. You know, uh, you know what? Per, for me, perfect example was. Um, uh you know, another another uh, Netflix original that I'm definitely going to recommend is Shadow and Bone. Um, think of oh, Full I was Metal ask Alchemist. You that yeah, man. Think of Full Metal Alchemist, except Russian. And yeah, yeah, you were it. telling me about it. Overall, no, what did you guys think about it since you guys read the book and stuff? It's amazing. It's like really, it? really, yeah. But this also ties into like what I'm talking about now is that the death scenes in Shadow and Bone are fucking brutal, dude. Really, really brutal, and they're would not. You, that do you feel like not that brutal in the book? Okay, so I was gonna say, like, do you feel like they are a, a really dynamic change from the way the book explains it? Hell yeah! Wow, dude. And why do you? Why do you in, think? In my opinion, um, I mean, you know, shock value. You know, shock you, the wow um, factor. It's not just the wow factor. It's something that I kind of have to say that, like, you're you're looking at cinema now in its uh, like natural evolution. And there's something there that I kind of didn't realize until I started watching like eighties movies to like 2021 movies. And um, for me, okay. Perfect example. The first Guyver movie. Did you ever see that movie? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Guyver with uh, David Hayter. Yeah. Mark Hamill. Yeah. When he was a giant cockroach? Yeah, where he becomes a giant cockroach. Like, you saw that, and you kind of thought it was funny. You know, like, it wasn't, there wasn't like a, oh, my God, this character is now shifting, and, ah. Like, the first movie was kind of silly compared to the second movie, where, like, the second movie had more, like, a dynamic change, but the violence was different. Yeah, it was. And, but now, like, you see a, a drastic change in something, but there's an emotional connection because you're you're not just seeing the character develop, but like you're given a reason to care about this character. So when the the shift in whatever medium happens, 
you feel for the character and you don't want it to happen. You know, so what happens with with Omni Man, you know, it's it's not just uh, like, oh, okay, that happens, sucks. It's like, I can't believe this is happening. Make it stop. Please stop. You know, like you're you you don't want to have these things happening. And for me, I think it's just the natural evolution of cinema. You know, like now we're being connected to the characters that we're seeing. Um, you know, uh, like you know, like Endgame. You know, Endgame wasn't an overall really brutal movie, but there was a lot of emotional connection to the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, look at Mugen Train. You know, like uh, Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You see the the introduction of one character, and then by, at the very, very end... I mean, you're almost in tears after what's happening with this character. Yeah, I, mean, I wasn't. There's an emotion. For me, it was it was a little bit different for me. I, I was talking about it, I think, last week, right? Where I feel like it's like you said, the story wasn't for the Mugen Train. I feel like there was something missing that they didn't let the audience figure out. Yeah, no, and and I I get it. like the, yeah, in the manga, there's a lot, a lot more, more yeah, disposition and stuff. You know, there's a lot more to his story, you know, but they just took the important parts and they put it into the movie. Yeah. You know, like, but they highlight his brother, they highlight his dad, they highlight his mom. They tell the story of all three in the span of like five minutes and they give you his overall motivation for why he does what he does and why he is the way that he is. Boom. There you go. The character. Where did you think this all started with? Like... Uh, I'm not going to be like, kind of like, do you feel like it started with started with the goddamn video games? No, no, I I would say, you know what? Like, I kind of feel like metal music, metal music, (laughs) the goddamn Metlica. What if all of this came from injustice, dude? Like the comic book story. I mean, it sounds kind of weird, but I cannot remember another facet in our timeline where comic books were that vulgar before that, like any uh, arcs before that story. You know what I mean though, right? Yeah, but there's a comic before, well, long before injustice where like the Joker rapes some girl for like three days and then kills her and leaves her on the side of the road. Was that, Ooh. that's not death in the family, is it? No. What is it? I uh, I mean I can't remember the exact like the exact issue, but it's just an issue in a Batman like comic. Like that's like uh, it doesn't connect to like an overall arcing story. So you're talking about like one offs and stuff like that, or like yeah. um like the the yeah. I mean I get that, but like I, I want to kind of say like the most like where is it where we got inspiration to see? Maybe it was a Watchmen. Um, you know I mean, maybe you know. Yeah, because you know, I mean, there, there has to be like a a a point, like a a pinpoint in yeah, history. 
Yeah, but change. it's not just a single thing. You know, like you're going to, you know, like, like Kyle says, life's a fucking downer, man. I think people just kind of relate to it. You know, it, it's true. You know, people are kind of just, I'm not going to say being woke or anything like that. You know, I hate, hate really, really hate that term. But I mean, it is a very, you know, um, obvious. Like, uh, no, it, it's a very appropriate term. I just don't like it because it sounds cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I mean is that, like, bad things have been happening in comics for a very long time. You know, like, okay, in the forties, fucking Batman hung a dude from his helicopter and rode around Gotham in it. How long before justice? Was that a thing? Yeah, damn right it's a thing. Was the dude dead? Well, I don't know. Because Hanging by your neck really- from a helicopter? And flying around this? Bro, if you can survive that, teach me. Well, I mean, look at the Batman movies. You got cars flying through people. Like, he was launching vehicles and shooting them with a thirty caliber Gatling gun off the top of his Batmobile, but he says he didn't kill nobody. Oh, bro, he didn't... In the new ones... Do you know he's killing people? Oh, I he, murdered, got, he got murdered no whole goddamn gang. No dude. fucking problem. Yeah, there's, there's no there's no way that guy to survive that box yeah, in the face. There, yeah. That was none. a straight witnessing of a murder, man. Yeah, that's a fucking 150, 250 pound box that just launched at a six inch by like eight inch. Basically. No, but but like the my question is because we see the popularity from Invincible, right? Yeah. And we've known about Invincible for years, dude. 100%. Same thing with the boys. We saw the popularity in the boys grow super fast as soon as it was released. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it had this this almost like uh, vulgarity of superheroes, right? It, well, but, not, it not just that, dude, but you know, it's just human nature in my in my opinion. People love just to see the, the raunchiness. Yeah. We really do. You know, like are you going to watch a horror, you know, movie from 1987 where like you can see the jello of blood or are you going to watch a 2021 zombie movie where you're seeing, you know, a 6-month-old baby just get ripped apart by zombies? But do you ever feel that these top these type of stories um they hurt the like the hope and innocence of what comic book superheroes were supposed to originate. Uh, yes and no. I I want to say yes and no. And the reason that I say that is because, um, you need an evolution. You can't just stay stagnant. Yeah. So like, there has to be an evolution of the character somewhere. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with it being this and the reason that I say that because look at Batman. Batman's one thing is that he doesn't kill, right? You know, for like 80 years now he doesn't kill. In the comics. In the comics. Doesn't kill, right? But if he just killed one person, he would save an entire city. Just one. That's That's the whole story about it. And that's why I fucking hate Batman. Because, like, he's a stopgap measure, and he's a half measure at best. And I I am over Batman. Over Batman. Do I want to see his movies? Yeah. Are they cool? Fuck yeah. Are they going to be great cinematic, you know, masterpieces? They might be. 
and I'm going to go watch him to find out. Mm-hmm. Do I think that his comic book character is completely lame now? Better fucking believe it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man. Better I mean, I, I get it. that. It's the um, the growth of the character, right? Yeah, the and the character. It it, it kind of like if there's not some type of turmoil or something he's dealing with, and it it becomes stagnant. Yeah. Um. So there has to be some type of evolution of the character or that type of story arc. And, My and, concern has always well, been. I'm not going to say that, like you know, maybe you should like be okay with killing or be okay with getting certain things done or getting your hands dirty or something like that. No, what I'm saying is that sometimes people need to need to really just come to grips with the with the reality of a situation. And you know what, you can't save everyone, but if you want to save at least one person, sometimes it does it like sometimes doing the right thing isn't doing the right thing. But that's 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 that that main thing of you can't save everyone always was the driving force behind my my ideals for why superheroes always do. Yeah, but some of them are very and that's what makes them super or whatnot. Like human nature would be like, no, nah, we can't save them all because yeah. we can't be everywhere at once or whatever. But that's what made those people so super, right? This because they could they could be there in a in a jiffy or they could fly or they could teleport or they can run in and out in the zip of an eye or whatever. Yeah, and, uh, and me, those were always amazing. I love and I don't know, maybe it's the cynic in me or something like that. I love to see a superhero fail because it shows them the human side. Uh the redemption. That, yeah. Well, no, not the redemption. It shows just me fail. You are, just- yeah, you are human. You are exactly like me. I fail, <clears throat> and you can fail. See, for me, it's it's very weird, but I do I do literally understand what that means right there. Like, I know that part of story writing where it's like you want to see this person get humanized and you want to you want them to relate to you more sometimes. Like you want them to understand that. Yeah, dude, you could save you can pop a planet out of the sky or punch an asteroid or whatever. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Tie a chain around the moon. And go yeah. drag it around the galaxy. Cool, man. I've seen that in comics. Mm-hmm. But you know what, but dude? It, but when you punch I that love... asteroid and it shatters and smashes and... into buildings and hurts people, like fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, you failed, man. Yeah, you failed. You there was something failed. about it that you 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 romanticize the powers of the character exactly. as the story. Yeah, and, and there's not can't... enough emotional connection. Exactly, and that's what I'm talking about. You can't always do that because yeah. it's gonna get stagnant. People well, are gonna course, be like. Yeah. You know, people that's are going to be like, that's oh, like, oh, okay, I got it. Something bad happens. Well, guess what? You're going to come in and swoop in and save the fucking day. Yeah. Well, because what then what happens is you couldn't, though. You end up feeling this really cool thing where it's like, where the powers are the story more than the person. Right? Like Superman, when he just goes and does the job, you don't really care about him as a human or as a person. You just care that he can do the job because he's got the tools. Yeah. He's like a tool for that part. But the moment like he suffers from it or he can't get it done, or you know that there's a possibility that failure is involved, then you become more emotionally invested. For me, one of the greatest stories that super slept on in a very long time. Um, and it goes in directly with what I'm talking about. And for anyone who cares about it, Go read Heroes in Crisis. Heroes it is Crisis. about Heroes in Crisis. It is about a sanctuary. If for DC Comics, it is about a sanctuary where all the superheroes go 
when they need to compress. You got to remember, guys. These guys are doing some. Oh, really, that's really the Wally. Things. Yeah, yeah. I know what story. We're Wally, yeah, we're Wally West. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. Time. We won't spoil it, but yeah, I know exactly. What, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but it humanizes every single one of the DC, like of DC's continuity. Yeah. It humanizes everybody, and I loved that because, like, you see Batman cry, you see Superman break, you see Wonder Woman doubt herself, you see these things, and you're like. About fucking time, dude. You are not as super as everyone makes you out to be. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. Like, I get it, dude. The The reason that we read comic books is to, you know, remind ourselves that we can be more than what we are. But at the same time, you also have to come to grips that you are who you are still. You are, you still can fail. You have to come to grips that failure is still a very real thing in your life. And it will happen. But what do you do when you hit that failure? Do you let that failure keep you down or do you get you right get back up, up and keep going? Yep. That's why I like seeing a failure in a, in a comic book because it shows me what the actual character is about. Not like, oh, I came in, I punched a few bad guys and boom, the day is saved. No, dude, that's boring. Give me depth to your story. Show me like, uh, show me Show me that like your best friend died and your best friend is the one who like anchors you down to like not do bad things. What are you going to do now? Are you going to give in to these violent urges or are you going to honor that memory and still be a better person? Like right now, Alfred's dead in the comic books. Yeah. Yeah. He died during the Joker war. Uh, yeah. Uh, during uh city of Bane, you know, he died. You know, so Batman doesn't have his, you know, other figure. Yeah, you know, he yeah, he he doesn't have that anymore. So what? What you know? What are you gonna do now? Yeah. What is he gonna do now? He's just got the Bat family, which you know, and I'm not downplaying them at all. You know, they're all prestigious and prodigious, you know, fighters in their own right, and they're they've all been their own through their own like myriad of bullshit. Yeah, but. Alfred was the only person who was there who was like, you're going to be okay, man. You know that. You're going to be okay. Just take your time, pick your shit back up, get back out there. Mm-hmm. You're, you're okay. He doesn't have that anymore. Yeah, it's 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 very crazy. Um, the only thing that I kind of like wonder nowadays is... Cause what? The thing is, is has, Batman going to pull out of his fucking belt? Oh, you see, that's what we grew up with, right? And the thing yeah. is, is like all of these characters grew up with us, maybe even a little bit before our time, they were growing up with that, that generation of child. Right. Then eventually it reached a certain part where the child became the teen and then the teen to the adult and then out to what we have now for superheroes and whatnot. And now we have all of these superheroes that are all in therapy sessions you know, some of them are contemplating even harder if they should kill someone or not. And sometimes you just got heroes that are like, fuck it, dude, I want to be popular. And they kill people anyways. And you yeah. have those people that are prominent in the thing. But do you feel that it's fair for like the youth that are growing up nowadays to have these superheroes front and center compared to like us having the more innocent stories front and center? Oh, man. You know, that's a really good question. And I, I don't think that I'm in a position to answer that. 
And it's the reason scary, that, right? It's not that it's scary. And the reason that I say that I'm not in a position to answer it is because I very much like yourself have been reading comic books for like 20 years, yeah. 20 plus years, you know, and I've, I've grown up with characters being in a certain way. Right. You know, and so very much like yourself, I'm kind of set in my own ways when it comes to how I view my comic book characters. Um, it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, like kids nowadays, you know, have smartphones and have internet access at the drop of a hat. At the drop we, of a hat. You know, we, we had to wait for dial up, you know, like, <laughs> you know, sound. Yeah. We had to wait for that shit. Well, even before you that, know? we had to wait for everybody to be yeah. off the phone at the house. At 9 p.m., dude. Yeah, at 9 p.m. or something. We had to, like, yeah, nobody could be on the telephone. Bro, you had to hope that your homeboy had a fucking cell phone on Sprint. That way you can get free minutes after 9. After 9. You know, yeah, I mean, bro. Like, yeah. You know, I, you and I remember that. But what I'm saying, like, what I'm saying is that, like, we, we can't take away from the fact that, like, the characters are the way that they are now. What I'm saying is that I think the younger readers should care enough to learn the history of the character before talking in a particular light of, of the character, you know, like, Oh, well, this is Batman is just the way that he is. Dude, get over it. No motherfucker. He's gone through a lot. Do you know what he's gone through? Do you remember when X, Y, and Z happened? Do you remember when the Joker cut off his own face and put it on Batman? That fucked him. Do you were did you read when Jason Todd died? Probably not. You know, so the idea is uh, maintaining that history of publication in the comic books. Yeah, you know, because you get to see the character grow. You know, like, and I know that I'm uh, that I'm digging in on Batman, and the reason that I that I am That's cool. I don't mind. It's just I don't mind at all. Like, it's not that I hate this character. I I like the character for what he is. The character is at the peak of human physical condition. He's a genius. That's the richest man in God, like in the world. Great. This man is the epitome of willpower. If you put your mind to it, you can do it. That is what Batman symbolizes. Mm -hmm. Batman also symbolizes a very, very fundamental delusional flaw in people that if you stick to a single ideal, you will fall blindly into that ideal. Mm -hmm. His ideal of not killing sometimes is just fucking irritating. Yeah, it's just complete failure. Yeah, and it shows that failure of a character. Mm -hmm. Something that is very, very, very easily fixed. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, why he doesn't. It's an innocent theme. It's an innocent theme to follow. Like, just don't kill. Like, you know what I mean? And then for that to make such a I mean, to make such stories of knowing that the failure of saving many people derives from the fact that this person chooses not to kill. Yeah. It's so crazy, dude. It's it's a great story writing, and it's masterful in its own way. But, you know, there, there are parts of me that do feel for the youth of nowadays when it comes to comic books nowadays. Because nowadays, all the comic books that are prominent, all the ones that are violent in nature, or all the ones that are grotesque in nature, or... Uh, sexualized or perversed in some way of the superhero genre 
do you, this is my last question because we're already going to hit two hours, which yeah. we didn't even think we were going to make two hours. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't. Um, and I'm glad we did. Yeah. Cause these are good. These are good talking points, man. And this is yeah, my man, last is, question is, um, do you feel that having an innocent story will ever be front and center or will it always have to have these weird themed, like, you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense in the sense of your question? Like, do you feel like an old Christopher Reeves Superman movie would still work or are we already past that in the storytelling of superheroes? Ooh, man. Cause that's um, hurtful, man. Because Christopher Reeves, like through and through is still my Superman. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I, like, I, I, I get that. Uh, for me, um, oh man i'm not gonna say that we're past that uh, I'm, I'm not gonna say that i i believe that that story can still be told without sexualizing or perversing or you know making an overly gory or truly brutal version of that story um uh, you know like brandon routh's i i think was probably the most innocent since christopher reeves batman yeah pretty much uh, you know, the like, kingdom, kingdom come on no the, it's kind of, it's practically i mean since yeah, the, a little bit yeah, yeah i mean since the flash thing and kind of you know but um, I'm talking about the actual Brandon Routh, like Superman, like two, yeah, like yeah, it was very innocent. Four. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very innocent. You know, yeah, I mean that. Like I said, I think that's probably the like the last innocent. I mean, yeah, I think but the, it's, I, it was, the most violent thing that happens is like a, like an island falls on two people. That's yeah, it. but you have to remember also that that's like the most easily slept on Superman. No, you're you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong at all. Um, he really is, and. You know, it's, it's and it wasn't even highly accepted when it came out. Everybody bashed the shit out of it. You know, and and that's a travesty, dude. You know, because yeah, that, that was good. not a bad story. Yeah, because like, it was all. literally in respect to uh, the Christopher Reeve Superman, and yeah. it was it was it was beautifully done, beautifully done. You know, because right after that, they took his underwear away. Yeah, that's funny. The new Fifty Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. You know, um, it, it, this goes off of that question I just asked. I just feel kind of bad for the youth of of our country right now when it comes to comic book telling and storytelling when it comes to superheroes because the stories that they would be more interested in would be like invincible or kick-ass or the boys or i mean even the watchman seems kind of a little outdated when it comes to this thing because it wasn't as brutal as the newer stuff is now uh no, even for what it it's worth but this but the the, the humanization was the the yeah the undertones were like um like when the comedian goes to Vietnam and he rapes that girl yeah and, and then, then not only that there's the uh, the prison scene her. with the midget yeah and then he kills her little finds out that she's pregnant mm-hmm. you know um the girl that that's killed by the when um Rorschach, uh goes to the first uh the pedophile okay, guy the girl. yeah the little girl you know and but, the, but you know what like that's um, that was the crazy part about how. Zack Snyder sold the Watchmen movie. Is he made him look like super people with superpowers, and the only person in the world that had powers was Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Manhattan. And that was by a freak accident. 
but like everyone else was just a normal human being. But of course, like you had the specter and owl man, like fucking throwing people through alleyways and yeah. fucking doing amazing fucking yeah, crazy martial arts stuff. And, and then the, the crazy thing was it was supposed to be like normal 1950s people, but the Beat humanity the part was supposed to be the major theme, like yeah, all the shit they dealt with where the, the movie, it's kind of more based on the superhero aspect of them becoming superheroes. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, or them being the superhero image. Like it yeah. did give them that vibe, uh, but I kind of feel like Zack Snyder did not hit the, the story correctly, but, but it is what it is. I mean, it's still a great story. He, he, great may not, he may not have like told the story correctly, but he told the, the PTSD stories yeah. for everybody perfectly. Yeah. Like I'm saying, like he did all right for what it was worth. Like the movie was great. Yeah, but like there were points from the comic book that he he should have hit, but he didn't, and yeah. it's okay though because it's already out there and it's still an amazing story. And they and did create like, an amazing yeah, HBO movie. series, the Watchmen series. Yeah, I mean, so, it, if it wasn't a good movie, a fucking TV show would not have come out of it. Yeah, and DC would have never picked it up. So I mean, he obviously did something right. Oh, um, Alan, what's Alan Moore? Yeah, Alan Moore. Yeah, he's an amazing writer. Uh, I mean, with that being said, like, I mean, we don't have a V for Vendetta series, but I would watch that in a heartbeat. Oh, 100%. Like, V for, v for Vendetta played off very, very well. Yeah. Like, um, if they made a continuation comic or some shit like that, boom. Yeah, I think so. But you know what? Like, going back to what we were talking about, like, I really do feel a little bad that that the youth nowadays that are into comic books have to kind of look at our adult oriented comic books now and get more into like this whole, like, you know, cause nowadays, like even the captain America storyline is, is pretty hardcore. Yeah. Like in the sense, like there's a lot of emotional content and, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, therapy that's needed, <laughs> you know, but for what it's worth. <laughs> but that's kind of like what I was talking about earlier. You know, you also kind of have to humanize these very, very superhuman, you know, figures because you have to remember at the end of the day, a lot of these people, are human. Oh yeah. You know, wh- whether they're modified or, or not, whatnot, they're still human. They're, they're still human. They still have a mind and that mind does break. It does crack. It does fracture. These people have nightmares. And I like seeing that because it shows a human side that you didn't get in the nineties. Sometimes that you didn't get in the sixties. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't see that, you know, um, one, one story that will always, always be very close to my heart because it humanizes uh, or not humanizes, but it, it gives a redemption by humanizing and coming to grips with the failures of him is Blackest Night, you know, where Hal Jordan, Jordan. Hal Jordan gives up being the specter and he relinquishes parallax and comes to grips saying that, yep, I did that. That was me. Yeah, he took all oh, responsibility. Yeah. You know, and when that happened, boom, he became a Green Lantern again. Yep. You know, it, it happens. But people have to understand that, yeah, it happens. And, you know, you're, you can't just say that it doesn't because that's not right. It's not right to the character. It's not right to the writer. It's not, it's not right to the reader either. You know, the reader needs to know that these people are just like them too because you, that's exactly what you're trying to portray. You know, you're trying to portray little five-year-old Timmy who's reading Superman comics saying that I'm going to be Superman one day. Well, guess what, little Timmy? 
Superman cries alone sometimes too. Yeah. Hey, well guys, what do you think out of all the things that we talked about today? Um, oh, damn, man. We got deep with that. Yeah. One. Yeah. But no, that's good. That's what we want to do. I haven't had a good right. conversation like this in a while. Um, especially when it comes to comics guys, what did you think about the invincible series uh, season season one finale? Was it amazing? Was it everything you thought it was going to be? Have you checked out the graphic novel and the omnibus and the series? If you haven't, um, we do have an episode a while back that we did that. We explained a lot of the invincible story. Go check it out. It's in our archive on Spotify or on any of our different platforms that we are on. Don't forget to like us on all the different one of them guys. Um, Again, what I'm going to be doing this weekend, I'm going to be checking out all of the Castlevania series on Netflix. That's for sure. Uh, I do believe that's going to be uh, Trigger's recommendation for the weekend. Um, And then, of course, I'll be catching up on Yasuke, which is the the storytelling of the first Black Samurai. Uh, Guys, if you check it out, hit us up in the comments and let us know what you guys think Mm -hmm. about it. Um, Yeah, and tell us anything that's coming up in the news, guys. Tell us about uh, the video games you guys are playing. Right now, if you're playing Monster Hunter Rise, let us know what's up. If you're playing Warzone, let us know what's up. If you're playing Apex Legends, let us know what's up. I heard that there was some uh, controversy with Overwatch, man, and the esports transformation of the game. Did not did not hear about that. Yeah, Please I got to send it elaborate. to you. It's pretty interesting. A lot of people are complaining because uh, apparently they just did a big update that if you're like a casual player, it's not for you. The game is kind of like reaching more for the esports fans. No And shit. it's pushing more for like an esports game. Like they're kind of go more mainstream for esports and they kind of like left behind all the people that have grown their system or their, wow. their game up. So a lot of people that are just casual players are complaining. We got to check that out one day. We got to yeah, come back to that. Sure. We got to reach that because this is a big company, man, especially with E3 coming up. We'll see what they're going to yeah. do. But guys, uh, let us know what's up. Hit us up during the week. Let us know what you guys are doing. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we hope you are being safe. Uh, remember to wear your mask. Uh, follow all the rules. If you have or haven't gotten your vaccine, at least, at least be safe and consider everybody else around you. Tell someone you love them. And don't forget, we care about you. To all our extraordinary listeners, we thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you guys again next Friday, 9 p.m. here with the Average Boys Podcast. Laters.